baddies. Okay, so fair warning before we start this episode, I have quit sugar. So not Sugar Baker the dog, but I have quit eating sugar. Uh, so I'm a little on edge. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's this eating plan that I'm doing to help me with my GERD because I have another doctor's appointment coming up soon. Um, and when I got the eating plan, I was like, oh, this is like clean eating. Like this will be so fun and easy. And then I realized how it's just to like cut out sugar and fat. And so my body is going through withdrawal. Like I swear yesterday I was so tired and I was so moody and today it's not quite as bad, but, um, I'm a little ragey today. <laughs> so I feel like I think Yesterday was like sad. Am I going through stages of grief with sugar? I think so. Yesterday was like sadness and a little confusion and like, what am I doing with my life? And today is like, I'm on one. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to get more energy than I had yesterday, but I'm just fair warning. Uh, because I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about love today and, um, it's going to be, we're going to talk about a lot of things. <laughs> I know I said I was going to do the AMA episode next, but I'm still waiting for questions to come in. So it'll be like a nice, full, thick episode. <laughs> thick. <laughs> I was trying to think of a better word than meaty, and then I came up with thick. That's not better at all. But yeah, you can send me questions on Facebook. You can DM them to me. You can um, post them on the threads in the Facebook group. There's one pinned to the top. And you can also submit them to thatwitchpodcast at gmail.com. I am getting through emails since my brave discovery recently that I hadn't checked the junk folder in six months because of the pandemic. I just wasn't even thinking that was something I needed to do. So I am getting through them. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about love today. Uh, this may be the most unwell episode out of 67 this will make. I know you're thinking, Mickey, there have been so many unwell episodes. I know, but this one may be the most unwell because I, I'm, I'm feeling like this is going to be a very personal episode. I know my disclaimer is always, I hate talking about relationships. I hate talking about love. Like, I don't care about that kind of stuff, but something is really on my heart recently, where I feel like, no pun intended, where I feel like we need to talk about this. So I don't know if it's just me personally, but it's kind of like a, I don't know who needs to hear this, but someone else needs to hear this at someone else's. What? <laughs> Some other, I feel like there's a lot of you out there that need to hear this too. So I, I know it is me, but I, I know it's, it's definitely for the benefit of others, and that's why I'm being so called to talk about it, basically. So we are going to talk about karmic relationships. We are going to talk about a little bit about soulmates, but like we've had that conversation in two to three other episodes already, and we're going to talk about twin flames. We're going to talk about karmic relationships a lot because I... Okay, so here's the thing. I... I am a Pisces. I'm a Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio. As I think we all know by now, I talk about it all the time. I talk about it not just on the podcast. I talk about it on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. I'm obsessed with being underwater. So something I have realized about myself during the pandemic is that because I've gotten on Tinder, which I never do unless I'm traveling, but I was like, oh, I'm bored. Like, we'll, let's see what happens. Is that I have this 
thing in me that every new person I talk to, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. This is the person. (laughs) I just, I, as much as I'm so, I don't want to get married. Like, I don't care if I have a partner. I love, I love being single. I am so quick to be like, oh, the, someday my prince will come and there it's the weirdest thing. And I do blame all of the water in my sign on that. I do blame being a Pisces on that. I do. And I, yeah, I made, like, I did this tweet the other day where I was like, I just fall in love every two weeks. Like what? Like it's hard. Like being in love is so difficult, you know? But yeah, that's something I've really like noticed with myself, especially being in such a stagnant point in my life where I literally cannot leave the house aside from like drives around town and getting takeout every, every so often. I'm becoming so aware of how I'll start talking to someone and I'm very, very selective, right? I am quick with the red flags. I use all of my empath energy to suss out people and I'll start talking to someone. I'm like, oh my God, this is so amazing. They're so great. This is exactly who I've been looking for. Like I've been dating since I was 15. Where is he? (laughs) And then it's not. And every time it's not. And every time I'm setting myself up for disappointment, I guess. But also, it's been good to see that I'm still so optimistic about it, despite the karmic situations that I have been in, and I keep finding myself in. And so I'm saying all this to say about like Tinder and online dating for me personally, I feel like I'm getting so close. And I read the cards and I get my love card all the time now and I get romance all the time. And unless the girls are playing a joke on me, like I can feel it coming, but it's like I keep having what I feel like are these little karmic experiences just online talking to people that are teaching me a lesson and trying to break me out of a cycle. And maybe for me, the lesson in cycle needs to be you have to stop just falling in love with the idea of like this perfect person. And also, I feel like it's trying to teach me compromise. Because I don't have a concept of that. I really, I have a life that is already planned and mapped out to a T. And then I need to find someone that just fits into that scenario. And it's very much my personality. And this is very much my Scorpio side to be like, well, if you don't fit exactly in, then I don't want it. (laughs) Like, I'd rather just be by myself. I'd rather just be single forever than not have the perfect situation. And so I think these little snippets of karma that I'm encountering and definitely karmic relationships are much bigger than like just talking to someone online, but I'm getting like these little karmic interactions, romantic interactions kind of that are definitely trying to teach me about breaking patterns and are definitely trying to teach me to be more accepting, I think, and to be more compromising, which compromise is one of my least favorite things. (laughs) I love convenience. That is one of my favorite things. And compromise is one of my least favorite things. Um, But yeah, so it's been on the forefront of my mind a lot because like I get so wrapped up, especially because I don't talk to guys in the US. I talk to guys in Australia and England and Canada and like all over. And it's so like my thing that I know that my destiny is to like not live in the US to go, go out into the wide world and, you know, and have this kind of like international whatever. And every time I'm like, oh, I got it. This is the guy. This is the one that's going to be the key to like everything else. And this is going to fall into place and everything's going to be good. And then, you know, it just goes bust. And it's not even that 
they do anything wrong. It's just, it just fizzles or whatever. Like online dating does. Like that's what happens if you can't actually meet the person face to face. But, um, yeah, so that's the space I'm in right now. This is going to be such a vulnerable, like unwell episode. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to talk about, so that's where all this is coming from. Oh, and also I know I mentioned this a couple times um, in episodes since April, I think, but I had a psychic reading for work because my job is weird. <laughs> that is like the kind of stuff I have to do for work. And um, she basically told me, like, she confirmed, should I not tell? Is this like a doctor-patient confidentiality thing? Except I'm the patient, so I can tell you if I want, right? I can tell you my part of the reading. <laughs> I guess it's fine. But um, she basically confirmed for me, without me asking, she was just like, you're not the kind, you're not meant to be alone. Like there is a match for you. It's just taking a long time to get to you because you aren't going to be able to settle, which (laughs) clearly as I have this perfect life, I have mapped out and someone has to just fit in like a chess piece, (laughs) which is is psychotic that I think that's how life works, but you know, I'm going with it. Um. But yeah, she, like she confirmed for me that you're not supposed to be alone. There is someone, but it's just, it seems like it's taking such a long time in comparison to other people because it's going to be kind of this spectacular thing that is worth the wait. So, you know, we'll see about that. But she also, we talked about my latest ex and we talked about kind of the one before that and she was introducing me kind of to the concept of karmic relationships. I mean, I knew, I know what they are, but I didn't realize that was like the proper term for them. And she was like, you know, it's all about, you were just learning lessons with these people, breaking habits, kind of identifying your trauma. And then you have to go through all of these stages. And she kind of let me know, like this person is still kind of further away. And I was like, great. (laughs) Can't wait to keep trying. I just, Because I mentioned I love convenience, I'm just like, where are they at? Like, I don't have, just tell me who they are and show me a picture of what they look like. And if it takes 10 more years, cool. I just don't want to keep wasting my time going through these little karmic interactions. Like, that's how I am. I hate wasting time. I, I, and, and I think that is also why I'm so like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready to move to Australia. Like, I know I'm not allowed there yet. I know. But, you know, send the ring, send the plane ticket, I'll come through when I can. But I think it's also because I I know that there is someone, and sometimes I feel like I, there would be more comfort in me not, in me knowing that there isn't someone, because then I could be like, cool, let's put a pin in that, I'm just going to go on with my life. But because I know there is someone, and having to, like, keep taking the steps to like, try this person, try this person, try this person. I feel like I'm wasting my time and I hate wasting my time. I just want to know who it is. And she did tell me, and this is a good practice for all of us. Um, before you go to sleep at night, you should call out to the person and you should also make the universe aware or any, um, you know, like ancestor guides or any, you know, Entities, spirits, goddesses, gods that are in relation to love that you are ready for this love to arrive to your life. Oh, side note. She also told me that I will not meet this person online. I'll have to meet them like authentically in the world. So <laughs> I don't know why I keep getting on Tinder and being like, this is it. This is the person. I'm ready. It's That's not going to happen. <laughs> but Which is also, it puts me in a really weird spot because I don't know when I can go back out into the world. 
I can't go to the grocery store, let alone go to Portugal. Like, so I don't know what this timeline is. And that's hard for me because I am a control freak. So anyway, all that to say, oh, wait, let me go back. So she um, was saying, you know, you need to call out, you need to put like rose quartz under your pillow or make like a love sachet with, uh, you know, rose petals and like rose in it, uh, rose petals and rose, rose petals and rose quartz in it and clear quartz and put it under your pillow and just kind of activate all of it, you know, let everyone know I'm ready for this, like bring it to my life. And I know it's something I actively have to do because I have spent so much of my life being like, I don't care who I'm with or when I'm with them. I don't care about getting married. I don't want to have kids. There's no timeline for me. And my career has always been the most important thing to me. And I, I mean, it still is now. My career means so much. Well, I don't want to <laughs> see, see, this is why it's not working. I was going to say my career means so much more to me than anything, but it is really important to me. And so I'm like, I'll just find somebody when I find, or they'll find me or we'll be together whenever. I don't care about that. But that's why that practice is really important to me because I have actively repelled it for so long and been like, no, 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 I'm not ready. This is not something I even care about. So if you're in the same position, like I am, you definitely, and you are ready to kind of flip that stone over because you kind of are, it's not for me that I feel like I need this completion in my life, but it really is like I'm missing one puzzle piece because I have everything else and I have everything else planned out and mapped out the way I want it. And so it's like all the corner and all the edge pieces of the puzzle are complete, but it's like one piece kind of towards the middle and it's driving me crazy that that piece isn't in place, but it's not like affecting my life really. Does that make sense? <laughs> that's my analogy but yeah it's not that I feel like I need to be completed but I feel like something is missing that's what it is because I, I know something is supposed to be here now and I'm in a place where I'm ready to accept it so I need to put that puzzle piece in place because you know when you do an entire puzzle and you're missing just that one last piece you want to pull your hair directly from your head and go screaming into your backyard or whatever <laughs> so I feel like it drives me crazy to not be able to complete something so yeah that's the exercise I'm doing at night is uh just letting everybody know hey team where are they at let's let's get it going because I'm ready even though I can't meet them because I can't go outside so <laughs> we are going to go deeper into karmic relationships and especially twin flame because it's a term that I feel like like empath I feel like twin flame is a term that gets thrown around a lot and people equate the two with each other but that's not okay so let's just go down real quick like the breakdown of what is what so uh your karmic relationships are relationships that serve a purpose you can absolutely and <laughs> usually have known that person in some form in another lifetime you might be continuing a relationship from another lifetime you might be running through the exact same relationship as another timeline and that's why it will feel so familiar to you and it's really I have done this this is why I'm so worked up because I'm just the more I get into karmic relationships the more mad I get about my past lives but you can so easily confuse a karmic relationship with a soulmate or a twin flame because it is recognizable and it's like an immediate kind of connection and draw to each other because you're repeating patterns so you've been there before and you're thinking like okay well this is the love of my life obviously but no 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 you're you can just get caught my longest one was four and a half years and I got caught 
in that because I thought this was the love of my life because of the way we were drawn to each other. I, the way I could not quit this person, the way that I would just, even though I was only 24, 23, 24, 25, <laughs> 27 at the time, um, there was something even at the very beginning of us getting together where I was like, the reaction I have to this person is not normal. Like so, the, the most minute thing would like kind of like minute, you know, early 20s drama between us. And I would be devastated. Like I would go into a full depression cycle, psych, cycle, full depression cycle. Yeah, I don't know what other word I was trying to say, where I was like, this is unhealthy. And this is unwell, unwell, wow, unwell. And I'm going to like, do something to myself. I mean, not really, but I, I felt like I could have done something to myself because I was having such an extreme reaction to like the feelings that I was having with this person, good and bad. It was a very like extremes, like love hate relationship, which to me, something I've had to learn outside of that is that that's not what love looks like. I, I, for a long time in that relationship and after that relationship equated passion and like insanity with love. And then when I was in a normal relationship after that, I was extremely bored. And I remember I was with my, <laughs> sorry if you ever listen to this, but I was with my Swedish ex and we were in Sweden and I texted my friends one day and I was like, is this what it is? Like, is this what being in love and in a relationship is? Because I'm bored. I, is this it? Like, this is all it's ever going to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, but that was another karmic situation for me because they're all showing you about patterns. They're all showing you, they're like putting a light on trauma that you need to work through. And it's showing you what you do want and what you don't want to, because that, that relationship, the four year one was so bad and gave me such a, a toxic, toxic perception of what a relationship is supposed to be. And it was just so intense. And you're in your early 20s too because everything's intense, right? You're not tired yet. <laughs> I'm 33. I'm like, whatever. I'm time for this. Um, and then the next one also showed me what I didn't want, but it exposed a lot of like trauma I had from that other relationship I had to work through. But it showed me that I didn't want like mundanity. Is that a word? I didn't want it to be boring either. So anyway, that is what a karmic relationship is. It <sighs> shines a light on all of your issues and it can feel very intoxicating and... Like that is the person that is the love of your life and you have to make, you have to make it work because this is the one. It's not the one. It just feels like it is because you've been running these circles around each other for 5 million years. Okay. So then we have our soulmate, which we know that is, you know, your soul's mate and it doesn't have to just be a romantic relationship. It can be friends. It can be family. Like I very much believe my mom is my soulmate and one of my soulmates and we go through this, this kind of cycles with each other. We always meet in some way. Um, my friends, I absolutely think that my friends are my soulmates. I love them. I love them more than I think I could love a romantic partner. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I have a boyfriend or whatever, but I love my friends. I don't know. I just, I feel like they are the best part of my life. I love them so much. Um, I think Shug, my dog is my soulmate because we're obsessed with each other in a way that's not healthy. <laughs> but yeah, your soulmate, it can be a mentor, a teacher. It could be so many different things. But this is kind of your relationship. So I like to think of a soulmate as a companion to your soul, your mate. And then your twin flame is like a completion to your soul. But we're going to get to twin flame in just a second. Um, but yeah, your soulmate, it can. it's usually a relationship that's going to be about longevity because... 
it's like that puzzle piece. Again, it's like it's completing the picture. Not to say you're not a complete person without love or a soulmate because I know I'm a complete person. I'm honestly too much of a person that's, I have too much going on and I can probably pull it back a little bit. But yeah, it's just, it's that puzzle piece that I'm waiting for. Okay. And so then we have our twin flame. Whew. I do, I have not met my twin flame. Um, I don't know if I want to meet my twin flame. Honestly, we can, I, I have two things I'm going to read. One about a karmic relationship, so one about twin flames. But everything, I've never experienced it. Oh, sorry, let me tell you what it is. So twin flame <laughs> is like when one soul has split, it's a twin. Like it's, you come from one and you split into two. So that's why I say it is a completion versus a companion. Um, it's very intense. It is about teaching you lessons again too. It's not always going to be about longevity. It's going to be more about like a very intense period of time, but it can, the thing is about all three of these kind of relationships and bonds is that they can all feel like the same thing, <laughs> which is why it can be really hard to decipher if you really are with your soulmate because the twin flame can feel so intense and so rocky at times. And the karmic can feel so intense and so rocky, but there is such a sense of belonging and I know you in completion. I've come home because they're so familiar to us in ways that are in our bones and our DNA and in our blood and in the stardust inside of us, you know? So it's, it can be really hard to differentiate them. And so that is another reason I wanted to talk about them today, not just to like introduce you to all of them if you don't know as much about karmic or as much about twin flame, especially because we use kind of the word soulmate for everything and it's this very popular word where it's like empath. Like you, people don't even think about soulmate as something necessarily like witchy or spiritual or that has any kind of like astrology behind it. It's just, oh, that's my soulmate. You know, like it's just something that we all use in passing. So yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about it. So you can identify what one you're in if you feel like you might not be in the soulmate, but some part of you is telling you that you are and some part is telling you that you aren't. I mean, you know, my thing when I do love readings, <laughs> I always like, no, dump him. But I, I feel this. Okay. I feel, and this is a personal opinion that you do not have to agree with. I understand. But I feel like if you are contemplating breaking up with someone, if you have broken up with someone, you want to break up with someone and you have, it's to the point where you're coming for like spiritual guidance on it, then you want to break up with that person. And that person's not your soulmate. It's a twin flame situation. It's a karmic situation. Again, this is a personal opinion. I know there's times where you want to kill your partner. Well, not literally. Let's not say that. But there's times where you want to uh, throw mashed potatoes on their lawn. It's the mashed potatoes and let it rain. So the yard is a mess or something like that. But that's something petty I saw on the inner, the inner, the inner webs. I'm a hundred on the internet this week. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's some good shit. I might try that next time something happens. <laughs> anyway, petty post. Um, but it's not like a, I don't, I want to end. There's nothing to fight for. There's nothing with this person that like I want to be with. And it's not something like I wrote in my journal and something that I'm keeping to myself, but like I'm seeking out a relative stranger to ask about this. Like, yeah, if you want to end it, it's a sign that you should end it. And you be, and we talk about all this and we've talked about it in so many episodes, but you can never have two things in one spot. You know, that puzzle piece, like if you try to fit, 
I should do a bad witch puzzle considering how much I'm talking about this in this episode. <laughs> but you know, you can't fit a piece into that spot that has like two loops and there's only a hole for one loop. You know what I mean? Like it has to be cut and framed exactly to go into that spot. And so you're trying to force the wrong thing into that spot. It's like trying to put a square peg into a triangle hole. It's not going to work. And so you're trying to jam, jam, and push, and bend, and <laughs> you dampen it with water and try to make it fit, but it's not going to fit because it's not what's meant to complete, you know, the puzzle. So instead of just jamming that thing, jamming that puzzle piece that doesn't fit in there, open that spot up, throw that piece of puzzle in the trash, and then you can find the one that is the right fit, and then you'll put it into place, and you'll be like, oh, this, I got it. I got it now. This is what I was waiting for. And I think we're so hell-bent, especially as spiritual people and like as witches, we're so hell-bent onto holding on to what we know in our gut and in our intuition is right, but it can be deceiving. Again, like I said, because sometimes it can all feel like the exact same thing because it's something that we're familiar with from just the surface level. So we are going to talk about those three things today, but kind of more uh, karmic and twin flame. We're going to do our Patreon shoutouts real quick, and then we're going to get into these articles. As always, a very special, deep down, delicious, I would put sugar on top if I could, but I've quit sugar. Thank you to Michelle, Celine, Jamie, Kristen, Lauren, Evan, Stephanie, Carly, Brie, Cassandra, Adam, Kelly, Kimberly, Sarah, Emily, Nalling, Brittany, Heidi, Garrisu, Ashley, Lena, Fiona, Aiden, Kasha, Brandy, Lily, Tabby, Allison, Teresa, Kim, Jennifer, G Gina, Gina or Gianna, let me know. Sarah, Teresa, Vanessa, Jen, Sasha, Brett, Megan, Elizabeth, Carla, Shannon, Amanda, Maria, and Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you to the people that have signed up. Um, I think I am just going to end up giving this month's patro patrons, Patreon, I don't know what to call it. Um, I think I'm just going to give it to uh, the Baton Rouge and or New Orleans, Greater New Orleans Food Bank. I've kind of gone into this space where uh, I just I'm going to end up donating everything because this country is stressing me out. So I really appreciate that you are essentially feeding people in my community, especially because we have a hurricane coming maybe tomorrow or the day after. It shifted a little bit. So let's definitely light our candles and keep our thoughts and our prayers and our vibes and all of that beautiful stuff and our light towards Mississippi and Alabama and probably into the panhandle of Florida. But um, it's shifted away from Louisiana. So I, I, I don't want to say like I hope it stays on that path because I don't want anyone to get the impact of it. But um, we're, I'm just a little less worried and anxious than I was. Because at first I was like, I don't know if I can do an episode this week because our power is going to go out. Our, like, just all, you have to start planning for all this stuff. So let's just, make, let's just hope that it fizzles out before it can even reach the coast. But so far, it looks like we're, we're, uh, we're, we're smooth with it. So, all right, let's start with our karmic relationships. Okay, so this is from... Uh, thought catalog. And I love this list because it is kind of a drag. <laughs> I'll put the link in the group. It kind of like when I was reading it, I was like, oh, I'm kind of dragged right now, but it, it needs to be done. So this is 13 signs. You're, you're in what is known as a karmic relationship. You know, I love a list because it's so easy to be like, oh, that's me. And that's me. Hmm, that's me too. I guess I should just not talk to you whenever again. Okay. So 
Um, for my New Age Junkie friends, and also for those of you who are new to Eastern philosophy, almost every person goes through one or more karmic relationships during their lifetime. Karmic relationships are not meant to last, and they are usually the biggest life lessons in love. Karmic relationships are different from twin flame and soulmate relationships. In spiritual context, karmic relationships are viewed from the lens of personal growth. Here are some of the signs of a karmic relationship. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound upbeat because it is not always. <laughs> One, they repeat patterns. If you're on and off in your relationship, this is a major sign. It's a karmic one. Did everyone hear that? <laughs> when you come to me for a reading or anyone else and you are in a relationship that you are you already know the answer to and it is on and off and it is toxic, it's because it is karmic and it's time to release it. <clears throat> If you seem to be experiencing the same kind of relationship problems, that is also a big red flag. Such relationships repeat, repeat the same patterns and remain stagnant because the only way you can grow from them is by letting go. I think that is the biggest lesson in karmic relationships. Like, of course, there's so much you have to work through on the way. But the biggest lesson is release what isn't meant for you. Release what isn't good for you. Release what isn't working for you. Release what isn't making you happy. Like, I remember in that four-year one, I would just be miserable. Like, I would just be crying and heartbroken and miserable and just so torn down by this man in this relationship and holding on to it. Like, what? <laughs> like, I know I was young. I know that no one, come, like, pops out just in the know. But looking back on it and talking about, like, how I hate to waste time where just talking to someone online, I'm like, ugh, this is a waste of time. Wasting four years, I mean, it's not a waste because I learned a lot, I guess, but wasting four years of my life and like making decisions about my life that were based on this relationship with this person, it just makes my skin crawl and my teeth ache thinking about it now. I, I just, I understand I have it for a reason, but I wish I could go back and pull the plug six months in, you know, but that is the biggest lesson is that you have to let it go and that's what you have to learn. And in turn, you then, <clears throat> I will say for all I'm complaining about it. It is so easy for me now to release somebody, especially somebody romantically. I mean, it's easier for me to release anybody, but especially someone romantically, it is like, I don't even have to give it a second thought. Block, delete, X out, you're done. So, I mean, that is something good that came out of it. And I am so aware of like all the things I don't like now. But yeah, that's the biggest lesson is that you have to actually release the thing that makes you want to cry into your pillow all night. <laughs> Imagine that. Two, they are selfish. Karmic relationships do not respect healthy boundaries in their partners. They serve only their own self-interest and needs. They are the perfect template for forming abusive or codependent relationship complexes. <laughs> Codependency, hi. While one person is very invested, the other person views it more as a convenience. Okay, so should I just name this episode after my ex? <laughs> and I like gnawing... Brett, uh, Fallon, like my best friends that listen to this, I know they're just like fuming right now, especially Nolling. She hates him. <laughs> she hates him. Uh, actually, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit later, this really toxic thing that he would do uh, after we broke up. But um, yeah, he, he, one time, this is so psychotic. Uh, one time he was like, well, look, I know I won't like officially be your boyfriend and I like you know this is gonna end at some point but aren't you isn't it so great that you get to like sleep with someone that you really love sir are you a psychopath 
what? <laughs> Even at the moment, I remember being like, that was crazy. But yeah, it was always like, I'm all in. I am doing everything. I am such a good girlfriend. And it like, it could, could not be bothered to show me anything in reverse. I mean, he would say he loved me, but then would be like, well, you're not my girlfriend. Excuse me, sir. So yeah, they are just toxic, selfish, one-sided people who are milking you. But yeah, and then would be like, oh, well, can you buy this for me? Like, I really need this for my, he was such a bum. Anyway, um, I don't know if that, can you say that word? I don't think you can anymore. Well, not in the context of like that, but in like AAV, he was such a bum. And it's really interesting because that's something that the psychic also clocked for me. She was like, oh, when you get to this person that is the the beacon of hope in the, <laughs> in the distance. And this is not something I told her either. This is just something that she in tune. She was like, this is going to be, you're going to know it's the right one because it's going to be the first time you aren't the one doing all the work. You're not the one chasing. You're not the one that has to be the present party. And it's like, it's not even going to be that it's a hundred, it's a 50 feet. Ugh, wow. 50, 50 equal. But it's that it's going to be more on their side. And it'll be the first time you experience that, which it will. It'll be the first time I experience that because I'm always one to go above and beyond. Like I'm a good girlfriend. I'm an amazing girlfriend. I'm an amazing friend. I'm an amazing person. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm a bad witch, but I'm good at everything else. But um, yeah, and she was like, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it is good to have someone that loves you a little bit more than you love them because then you get treated the way that you deserve. But not, I wouldn't take advantage of that or be abusive because I'm, not a bad person, just a bad witch. So we'll see. Number three, they are addictive. They are characterized by highs and lows of passionate intensity. One or both partners are more in love with the idea of love based on superficial reasons such as good looks, popularity, social, or professional status. I <clears throat> mm -hmm. <laughs> think that is a uh, drag for me being the person that was obsessed with this idea of like, the addictive cycle. And that's how I would explain it. I would say, I don't even feel like it's love. I feel like I'm addicted to this person. Like, and when we would go through a bad patch, it was like I was going through some concept of withdrawal. I mean, I've never gone through withdrawal or anything. I'm like the squarest person ever. But the way my, my physically, my body would shut down. Like I emotionally, physically, spiritually, I would just become a void. And that's how I explained it. I was like, I was addicted to him. It was not anything healthy or good. Um, and yeah, I think on his part, it was definitely, he knew I came from a good family and I had done well for myself. I was continuing to do well for myself. I was successful, beautiful, fun. Like I'm, I'm perfect on paper, but that didn't mean he had any real feelings for me because I don't think he's capable of real feelings. <laughs> this is so cathartic. <laughs> Everyone. If you're still, if you still want to do a podcast episode, which if you do, please submit because I'm going through proposals now. Um, submit to my email. If you want to do an episode about love where you just get to drag your ex too, it feels so good. <laughs> this is great. Thank you for coming to my therapy session. Um, but yeah, he was definitely more in it, I think, to see what I was going to become. There were one time this fool told me, well, uh, you have I said this in an episode before? I feel like I have, but he was like, well, I always know that you're the one that's going to get away. And I was like, I'm right here. What the hell are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm here. How am I going to... Moron. Okay, so for... They are controlling. 
They are obsessive and all about ownership of your partner. The other person becomes the center of your universe and the main source of your happiness. You put them on a pedestal and are unable to see their flaws. Uh, you know, I, that wasn't my experience with this particular person. Actually, anyone. Um, I haven't really experienced controlling, but I, I am so kind of aware of that kind of toxicity, like controlling, obsessive. I have such a, a ping, like ping, that's, that's that, about that, that I haven't, I haven't really experienced that because I think I'm so scared of it that the first sight, even in just like texting or talking or getting to know each other, I'm like, oh, that, that's, there's something there that's like really putting up my fight or flight. But yeah, absolutely. There is no real love or, and let me say, it's not like anyone's fault. Or they have, like, purposely walked into a controlling or obsessive, you know, situation at all. I'm just so aware of it that it's it, it really is, like, a, a fight-or-flight defense in me. It'll make something, like, in the back of my neck stand up and make me feel, like, well, even talking about it right now, like, I'm, I'm feeling nauseous. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, controlling is toxic. It, anyone that wants to control you or is obsessed with you or isolates you like that's that's so toxic so yeah that's obviously not something that like someone that is your soulmate someone that is that that good fit and that that uh companion to the person that you are like they're not going to want to control you and keep you away from other people especially people you love five they feel destined <laughs> you think that you cannot live without this person and feel like you both are somehow meant to be together you cannot fathom why it keeps failing <laughs> and you keep trying and hoping to get it right. They are extremely hard to resist and keep drawing you in until you learn what you need from it. Uh-huh. That's what I was saying earlier. It absolutely feels like it is your soulmate because it feels so familiar. It feels like this is, and that's why I think we also have to get away from this idea of like, this is the love of my life. This is my one soulmate because I don't, again, personal opinion time. I said this whole podcast is my personal opinion, but <laughs> I don't think we have one soulmate. I don't think, and this is just me, I don't know, but I don't think we're really meant to be with one person our entire lives. I think we change too much. I think we grow too much. Now, that's not for everyone. I, I mean, I've seen people that are with one person they've been with, and they're never, they're literally never going to be apart. Like, you can just tell. But I do think that is a rare thing, and I don't think everyone gets that. And I think we are supposed to experience love from different people in different relationships over the course of our lives, kind of as a majority. Again, not for everyone. There are people that that's they're with the person and there's no one else for them in the world. And I'm, I'm here for it. I'm down for it. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, I think as a collective, we should probably open up to the idea that there is not this one love of your life who will deliver you from all unhappiness related to love and romance, you know? And I think that's how a lot of, especially women, because we're so trained and it's so such a societal Thing that is just we're indoctrinated in that we are nothing without a companion we are nothing without a man the man has to choose us all the relationship is at the discretion of the man can I tell you the thing that made me a feminist like to my feminist journey started with that book and movie and like pop culture moment oh he's just not that into you I I don't know I think it was like 13 or 14 when that came out I don't know I don't know ages but I remember being like who gives a 
if he's not that into you? Like, why do we always lead it up to the guy to decide what's happening in the relationship? Maybe I'm not that into you. Maybe we're not that into each other. Why is it always like, oh, well, he stopped calling. He stopped texting. He goes to me. I'm so sick of that narrative. Like, we get, <laughs> sorry, I'm like really going off. <laughs> I told you, I'm like on one. Don't, I have to start eating sugar again. But I'm so sick of that narrative. Like, why are we giving men all of this power and something that's so important, like determining the person we're going to be with and the way that it affects women's self-esteem and self-worth. And then that will sometimes lead you to being in bad situations and more abusive relationships because women just, we just feel so desperate to just be with whoever will take us at a point because we get so beaten down and men are just given all this leeway and all of this control. And it's just, it's up to the guy. So yeah, that's just my, my feminist tangent. You know, I always have to have one. But I remember when that, oh, he's just not that into you came out. And women are supposed to look like what? Like pathetic babies that just sit there and wait for a man to pick them. And it's always up to the man to determine what, like, get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. I try not to curse really. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. That made me so mad. That was the like thing that lit the feminist light in me. <laughs> I don't even know how I got on this topic. I got myself so mad. Oh, this idea that it has to be destined, like... Like, we're, we have to be with this one person, and you will just accept whatever treatment you're getting and continue to hold on to it because you're afraid that there's no one else, because there's this concept of the one, you know? So I think we need to get away from that, but it does, it will feel like it is destined because it is a cycle of toxicity that you have already experienced before and keeps reoccurring. Um... There was something else I wanted to say about that. I got myself so mad about uh, he's just not into you. I don't even know if I can <laughs> pull myself back. There was something else about the Destin thing. Oh, shoot. What was it? I can't remember. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Six, there is an instant connection. Such relationships are marked by an immediate attraction. This person feels perfect to you. It feels like you have known them before and you become instantly attached to them. Okay, so that is pretty much the same thing as I just ranted about is that it feels destined, that it feels like instant connection. And another thing, I'm again, not saying that not, some people don't have this like kuda foods moment where it's like lightning strike, love at first sight. I do feel like people like I saw this person, I knew that's a person I was going to be with. But again, it's so we teach women that they have to have a partner to be complete. You have to be a wife and your mother. Like, that's the only thing that matters in life. <laughs> that's how I feel about that. But um, not that, I mean, not that you can't be a wife and a mother. Of course, that is amazing. But it's not what we should be taught is the ultimate goal for all womankind. But um, it's also that thing of we get so obsessed with falling love at first sight. And I, I knew this person was the person for me because I heard the angels sing when we kiss the first, you know, it's like, we have these such romanticized Hollywoodized versions of what love is. And it's not realistic. It's not, and we need to like break down this fairy tale a little bit and understand that we are two messed up unwell people trying to make it work in an unwell world. And we're so happy and lucky that we found each other and we love each other. We're, we're doing our best to be our, our best versions of ourselves for each other and with each other. But it's not just going to be like, 16 Candles, where, spoiler alert for a movie that came out before I was born, but where, you know, Andy is pining away after Jake Ryan, the beautiful jock the whole movie, and then the auntie shows up with a cake and they kiss. Like, life is not like that. It might be for some people, but 
getting caught up in this idea of my destiny and love at first light and instant connection and thinking that means we have to stick with that person forever and putting ourselves in toxic, potentially abusive, potentially unsafe, potentially life and heart and mind draining relationships. We really need to break away from that. And that I'm, I'm ranting about these things too, because like, these are the lessons we're supposed to be learning from these karmic relationships, you know, like, let's not just identify them and the signs, but let's make sure that we're learning that these are the patterns that the reason this relationship is coming to our life and being presented to us is because this is what we're supposed to be getting away from. So yeah, that's why, again, it can feel like a soulmate. It can feel like a twin flame because it's so familiar. It's so intense. It's so, I mean, as much as we had a toxic, horrible trash relationship and he is a horrible trash person, um, I, it was, it was really fun. <laughs> like a lot of the time, I can't lie. A lot of the time, I was like, this feels like being high. Like, the, I, I love this. This is so passionate, so intense, it's so fun. Like, he knows me. I know him. There is this connection between us. I It felt right a lot of the time, and that's what could be dangerous about it, is that you do begin to, like, justify the bad with the good. Like, yeah, he treats me like crap, and I caught him texting another girl, and uh, he told me he didn't want to be my boyfriend, even though we're practically living together. You're like, yeah, I know all that stuff. But, um, you know, he just loves me so much sometimes. <laughs> I think that's another sign of a karmic relationship too, is anyone that will love bomb you. Um, anyone that will present you with like this really intense. And this is something, this is something that I'm experiencing a lot on Tinder is, I don't know, it's because they're bored. They haven't seen a woman in six months, even though every, literally everyone's breaking uh, quarantine. So <laughs> I'm the only person not seeing anyone. But uh, yeah, like these guys are like love bombing the hell out of me. But I just, I'm aware of love bombing because I've been dating for 500 years. So I know what to look for. And it's very obvious, you know, but a karmic relationship will definitely love bomb you and that person will love bomb you. You know what love bombing it is? It's when someone basically treats you like a king or a queen for the first month, two months that you're together and then they show their actual personality or they ghost you. It's like, I was just talking to this guy in Australia and he was so like complimentary and flattering and oh, you know, you should come to Australia. Not that I was, not that I'll just like pack up and go across the world for a guy. Like, let me make that clear unless, I don't know. It's like, well, I can't say Nicholas Holder, Bill Skarsgård, because obviously they betrayed me. But, <laughs> you know, whatever my current celebrity crush is, I don't really have one right now. But he was just like, you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. You're so smart. Like, we could do all this together. Oh, my God. We, we want the same things. I, you know, I would love for you to come here. Like, please come visit. Would you consider someone like me? Just, like, constant attention. Constant. And I, I don't fall for it where it's like I am upset or crushed or devastated when it happens. But, like, I go along with it because there is going to be one point where the person that's showing you that kind of attention from the start is going to be the right person. But when it turns out they were just love bombing me, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But yeah, it's someone that gives you so much attention, so much praise, so much positivity, so much love, and then they will strip it away from you. It is a manipul manipulative tactic, and everyone has, everyone has experience, not everyone has experience, what am I trying to say? Everyone has the capacity to experience it because it knows no gender. <laughs> like, I know guys that do it. I know non-binary people that have experienced it and done it to others. I know women who, like, is, listen... 
don't think you're safe. It's not just one of those guy things. It's not just like a cis guy thing, which I know we can blame them for a lot, but not for this. <laughs> but yeah, that was my, um, my detour. But love bombing is definitely another sign, something you should be aware of and something you need to, um, like be able to recognize and break away from because it is a really gross tactic that a lot of people use. All right. Number seven, they create dependency. You begin to feel consumed by the relationship and it begins to occupy your thoughts all the time. You can't help handing them all the power. You become mentally, physically, and emotionally dependent on this person. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like you, so it's sometimes you're isolating yourself. Sometimes it's them isolating you, but sometimes it's iso you're isolating yourself because you were so wrapped up in this situation. And especially if you like are coming from a bad situation in other ways, like a myriad of ways, you might see this person who is so keen on being the center of your universe. You might see them as like a savior or like a shining light, you know, but then it's, I don't know, it's, it happens where like sometimes you're too wrapped up and then you realize, oh no, this is not any better than the situation I was coming from, you know? Um, but yeah, they, they will wiggle their way into being your whole world. And, uh, it's also that thing I was just talking about where it's like, we give people so much power about like making decisions about us. Like that guy I was with for so long, he would be like, well, we're not boyfriend or girlfriend. And that's why I should have been like, okay, well, goodbye, like, delete, block, <laughs> you know, okay, what, what are we doing? But I was always letting him, like, determine what was happening because it felt so intense and it felt so real and it felt so to, meant to be. And I think that is a really good lesson for all of us ladies out there is that we determine what we are doing in relationships and we don't let someone else tell us what's going on. And just, he's just not into you should be burned. <laughs> all copies, all DVDs, horrible. Okay. Okay. So full discretion, I did not see the movie because I thought it was like pathetic at the time, but from like clips that I've come across and like the trailer and all that, I, I feel like I am right about what the book and the movie are about, especially because it was written by like a guy, like some male comic. So if I'm wrong and it's actually something about female empowerment, let me know. <laughs> I will retract these statements. But just even the concept of he's just not that into you, just the title is like extremely triggering to me. Okay. Eight, they bring out your worst fears. They bring to the surface all the things you are definitely afraid of. Fear of abandonment, fear of commitment, fear of rejection, fear of loss, fear of emotional engulfment, and all of the skeletons hiding in your closet. Yeah, they shine a light on all that stuff. They dredge it right on up to the surface. You know, like in um, Poltergeist where the pool fill, fills up with water and they... uh the skeletons start to emerge, which also they use real skeletons in that scene. What the hell? Like, where's their respect for? <sighs> anyway, you can just get some from Party City instead of usually using uh, actual human beings. That's so disrespectful and so disgraceful. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like they, they draw your skeletons up to the surface. And with him, the things that he really shined a light on from, with me were like um, fear of not being protected fear of rejection, fear of loneliness, like all of that stuff that I found in my next relationship, like I would really, and jealousy, he really brought up jealousy with me, um, which I found in my next relationship, I didn't realize how bad it was and how affected I was by that previous one until the Swedish guy. Um, but yeah, there were, he like something so minor would happen and I would shut down because I had all of this trauma from my last relationship. And 
those fears were now on the surface. And so if he did like the tiniest thing to contribute to it, I would, I would go full like meltdown, <laughs> like crazy. And, uh, I was, it also made me like more paranoid because of the previous person. So another thing to watch out for. I will say the good thing about bringing your fears up though is that it makes you confront your fears. Um, even though that can be a really hard and scary process. But if you are honest with yourself about the fears that you have, especially in romantic relationships, and you do confront them, you are then able to come up with ways to manage them, to handle them, to get rid of them. So, I mean, it's, it's good that you're learning the lessons there. It's just hard. I mean, the thing about being in a karmic relationship is it's hard. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. I mean, it can be really fun and that's what can be so deceptive about it. But at the end of the day, it's hard work and it's presenting a lot of hard work to yourself that you have to do. Number nine, they are irrational. They hold a mirror to your worst vulnerabilities and ugly insecurities. You start acting unlike yourself and do things that you wouldn't normally do. Um, I haven't really personally experienced that aside from in that one relationship. Well, kind of both two an extent, um, I'm just the kind of person in my real everyday life where I don't take any shit at all. I don't put up with it. Oh, sorry. If there was a sound change, I had to move the um, computer because my back hurts <laughs> because I'm a hundred years old, but I'm um, sorry if there's a ch sound change, I'll try to fix it if there is. But yeah, I mean, I definitely, I don't take any mess in real life. Like that's something that everybody knows about me. Like, do not mess with me. Do not cross me. I mean, not that I'm like vindictive and hurting people, but I just don't put up with anything. I don't feel like I have to put up with. I don't tolerate anything. I don't feel like I have to tolerate, but I was tolerating so much and becoming like this very, not very, but like this weaker version of myself in relation to these men, which, yeah, I think that was the place of like being insecure about the relationship. And so trying to change myself, but in real everyday life, I would never do that. <laughs> I'm obsessed with myself. I think I'm awesome. So like, I'm so confident, but in these relationships, I was insecure. So I was acting like an insecure person, if that makes sense. Okay. 10, they reveal your dark side. They show you your most undesirable and difficult characteristics that you were previously unaware of. They're pa they painfully remind you of how human you actually are. Yeah. For me, this was me realizing like the fear I have of not being with someone, but not a fear of not being with someone, but it's more like, oh, this is about to get so deep. Okay, you ready? So this is more like me, the prevailing and pervasive thought that I have. And when I'm like really depressed out, this thought will start coming back to me of like, I am not good enough to have someone like everyone else got someone, everyone else has linked up, everyone else has a partner, but I do not deserve one. And so that's why I do not have one. And that's why I will not have one. So it's not a, um, it's not this fear or this like insecurity about being single. Cause I really enjoy being single. I think it suits me very, very well, but it's like this fear and this darkness surrounding I'm not good enough as a person and everyone else got to have this thing that I don't get because I'm not deserving of it. So that is where like the darkness kind of surrounds it, which is something that especially the first person 
the first guy that I've been talking about, like, he really would bring that out of me. Like, whenever it wouldn't work or we would break up or whatever, I'd just be like, well, I'm never going to be with anyone. Like, everyone else gets to have a boyfriend and a husband and a partner and all that. I don't get anyone because I'm, I simply do not deserve it. And so I will just, you know, rot alone because I am a bad, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad human being. And, you know, this is what I deserve. Which is, again, that's like, I'm really going super deep right now and sharing with y'all, like, kind of what, when I get into a depression cycle, what my thoughts are like. It's very, it's very dark, right? And it's not about having someone else. It's, I shouldn't laugh about that, but I can because I, I'm so good at coping with it now. But yeah, it's not about, like, being alone, being single, whatever. It's about not being good enough for anything. And that's why nothing will ever work out, you know, and it becomes kind of like a cycle of thought. But yeah, that it, he, whew, he would definitely drudge up that kind of darkness for me and really bring it to the surface. And it's something that I've had to learn to cope and deal with. And again, I say it's so strange that I have these kind of thoughts because I really like being on my own. I really like being single. And again, I'm like obsessed with myself. So it's, it's strange, this kind of dichotomy of like what my depression can be like, as opposed to what I'm like when I'm not in a depressive episode. But yeah, he definitely impacted um, kind of those thought processes for me. 11, they are tumultuous. Wow. They are tumultuous. Did I say that right? <laughs> Such relationships are incredibly volatile, erratic, and unpredictable. The best thing you can do for yourself is to identify such a relationship and learn to let it go for your own good. Yeah, I mean, I've already pretty much talked about that at length, but they're tumultuous in a way that it does feel like it's supposed to be like that because it feels like passion. It, I, you know what I mean? Like, uh, do y'all understand what I'm talking about? I feel like everyone does. I feel like everyone has a relationship from their late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, where it just was a hot ass mess, (laughs) but it, it, you thought that's what it was to be in love with someone because it was so chaotic and so passionate and you get so caught up in the chaos of it all. And you get so caught up in just the craziness of it. And that's, again, something we see, like, reflected to ourselves on television and movies. Like, oh, I love you. I hate you. This is what love is really like. It's so much drama. But, like, no, that's what TV and movies are like. (laughs) It's not supposed to really be like that for us. And so it can so feel like this is my soulmate because we wouldn't go through all these ups and downs to make it work in the end. But it's not going to work in the end. That's the thing. Like, you have to release it. But, yeah, it's... Tumultuous is tumultuous. Tumultuous is the correct word that we should be using, but it absolutely feels like passion. And we really have to work to identify that that from ourselves. You know, with the guy, the four-year guy, I can honestly say, I mean, I can't say that from being 33 years old, but we stopped talking. We when I say break up, I mean Okay, I'll tell you in a second. How old was I? 30, 29, 28, 30. Oh, it's somewhere in there. 28, 29. Um, the way that we broke up is that he was in the military. He, he was in the military. He is in the military. I don't know his life anymore. But uh, he signed up for another tour. Tour? I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> I was such a military like girlfriend for four years and now I can't remember anything about it. He signed up for another deployment. I think is the right word. And so he didn't tell me beforehand. He didn't check with me. He didn't, he didn't, there was just no conversation. There was no considering me at all. (laughs) Four years into this, right? And I was living in LA at the time. I was trying to get him to move to LA 
he... Okay. <laughs> I really don't mean to make this, like, relationship confession hour. But can I tell you, so when I moved to LA, we had been broken up. And I was like, I have to get away from this person. This is how toxic the situation become. And I knew, like, I have to end this. The karmic relationship, I know I have to break away from this. So I literally moved to Los Angeles to get away from this man. And... We were on the phone one night when I was still in LA, when I was in LA and he basically started talking to me about how he went and he like priced out engagement rings, but then he decided not to propose to me. I wish I, I wish you could all see my face right now, but I know that you all know me well enough to know what face I'm making like unhinged unwell. Okay. So anyway, he signs up for another tour or why do I keep calling it that? Deployment. I can't think of the right word. And, um, we're on the phone and increasingly I was like, well, I'll come to Louisiana and just like visit you before you leave. Or you can come out here and just see me. And he would just increasingly like have an attitude. We'll be on the phone about it. Be so nasty. That was a mama Donna, uh, interlude. <laughs> but yeah, he, he was being so awful to me. And finally one night I called him and I was like, yo, are we going to see each other? Or like, are you going to come here or not? And he just started screaming at me at the top of his lungs. And I hung up the phone. And never spoke to him again. <laughs> that was it. That was it. I hung up the phone. We never spoke again. And I, it was one of those things where like we were, he was yelling, I was yelling. And I could tell he was about to hang up. So I hung up first. <laughs> but I'm so glad that happened because I had to be released from that situation. And had he not been so nasty and so evil and horrible to me that I that he essentially stopped talking to me, even though I hung up first and I did hang up first, that it would have not ended. It would have just kept going and going and going. And I can't say like now to age 33, but probably for like two or three more years, it would have kept going because that is the cycle we were in because we, I really think we were both addicted to how crazy it was and how tumultuous it was. So don't confuse uh, turmoil with passion because it's not the same thing. Take it from me. All right. Number 12, they push your buttons. The main purpose of these relationships is for you to learn how to properly love yourself and others such that you stop trying to control your circumstances, become the master of your own ego and focus on working on yourself. I mean, yeah, he, we pushed each other's buttons, but again, we, uh, we thought that was passion. <laughs> That's really important. Like you, you have to learn about loving yourself and then loving others and even though I will say, like, I love myself, like, I'm so confident, blah, blah, I didn't love myself enough to get out of that situation. I didn't love myself enough to be like, this is madness and I have to stop. So it is something I really learned because, again, I'm so quick to cut something off that I just, I'm so quick to walk away from it now because I don't, I, I love myself enough to not tolerate it. You know, with my next uh, Swedish guy breakup, I think I've told this before, but he, we were in like a rough patch anyway. He had checked out and I was over it. Like I was doing so much work for someone I didn't even really want to be with. Like I didn't want to be with him, but we'd already put all this work into it and all this stuff, whatever. So the reason we broke up is because I messaged him on Facebook. That's how we talked because he was in Sweden. He didn't respond for a week and then I blocked him and we haven't spoken since. And when people, I tell people this story, they're like, oh, what's she dating that guy? They're like, what? That's how y'all broke up? Like, I mean, I don't even know if he was intending for us to break up, but according to me, if you don't speak to me for seven days, we're broken up. I don't have time for that. So yeah, I will say instead of just prolonging something that obviously wasn't working and that I didn't even want to work, I was just holding on to because again, I thought he was my soulmate. Uh, 
instead of, you know, drawing that out for four and a half years, I was just like, all right, done. You, you have showed me what I need to know. And what I need to know is that I will not tolerate being ignored for a week when we're in a relationship. So I mean, progress, <laughs> progress has been made. Okay. <laughs> Lastly, I'm choking. I'm going too hard. Number 13, they do not last. Yes. This person is not your forever person. How much ever you want to hope, wish, and believe in your fairy tale ending, drag me. Contrary to what you see on television and media, <laughs> such relationships are born out of conflict and end in conflict. They are extremely unhealthy and usually do not last. True. The thing about being stuck in these relationships is that they want, they, these relationships want to end. They want to, to peter out. They want to, is that a phrase or did I just make that up? I don't know, but they want to end. It's like, you know, talking about like this hurricane coming this way, the storm, once it hits land, it loses power. It has to have water as a power source and like toxicity and negativity and these like obsessive patterns are the things that make these relationships thrive, these karmic relationships. And once you hit dry land, it's supposed to fizzle out. That's what I was looking for. It fizzles out and the storm ends. It does take a while. It does, you know, continue to drag, but it does come to an end and, that is what this is kind of like, it's, bleh. this is what it's kind of like being in a karmic relationship. It's like a storm. You're swept up. It's intense. You're whirling around each other. There's just so much chaos and craziness happening. And you're like locked in it. You're like, how do I get away from this? And the thing is, you are supposed to let it fizzle out. And by nature, they want to fizzle out and they want to come to an end. The only way that a karmic relationship will not end is if you will not allow it to. So that, you know, circle back to the beginning of this is that these relationships are built to not last. <laughs> they're not, they're not meant to last forever. And the lesson is you have, the ultimate lesson is walking away from them, establishing a boundary, walking away. And if you're holding on to it, it'll last, but it'll be, horrible, malignant chaos like it already is. And it will continue to always be that. You will not set it right. You will not find your way out of the chaos together. You are supposed to split from this situation. And so, yeah, I mean, they do not last. They are naturally trying to not last. But if you hold on to it, it'll keep going. But the lesson here is don't hold on to it. <laughs> okay, I didn't think that was going to take an hour or like you know, intro to now is going to take an hour. So I think we're going to stop there for this week. Um, cause there, we just, I feel like we went through a very cathartic experience altogether. I'm sure that we're all whirling around in our heads and thinking about past relationships and lessons and what we learned and what we're holding on to or even present relationships. So let's stop there for this week. Cause seriously, if I go into twin flames now, I think the episode will be two hours long. <laughs> And I know y'all don't mind super long episodes, um, but you know, let's, let's baby step it. Cause I feel like I, that was, <sighs> let's all breathe. I feel like that was a release. Um, yeah, let's pick up with twin flames in our next episode. Hey, PS, I meant to tie this in earlier. I, I've been talking so much and I'm so amped up. I can't remember if I brought this up, but I hope you did your visualization homework from last week or week before last. And, um, Another, I wanted to tie this in together too, because a big thing that I've been visualizing is my person, the person that's going to come in, this puzzle piece person, my PPP, if you will. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely something that if you haven't done the visualization, wow, visualization homework yet, or if you are continuing to do it, you don't have to wait for a full moon, obviously. Um, it's good to focus on bringing in your soulmate, or if you're in a space where you feel like you're ready for it, bringing 
in your twin flame and seeing what you can learn from that situation and what that interaction will be like. But again, we'll talk more about that tomorrow. So don't call them just yet. But yeah, I hope you did do your visualization homework. Um, it's a good continuing practice. It's a good continuing meditation for your practice. So yeah, make sure you're doing that. No homework this week. I feel like I've already triggered all of you enough with this episode of going through fast toxic relationships. So you know what? Our instead of homework this week, it's going to be a self-care week. So make sure that after you listen to this episode and you're going through past relationships, you definitely take a good salt bath or a salt shower where you're pouring the salt water over your shoulders and releasing those energies. Um, reset the energy with some selenite, with some good old smoking. And I do mean if you smoke, but I also mean if you want to cleanse out with any kind of smoke. Um, you know, get with your recharging crystals, clear it out with your clear quartz, set the love and the positive love intentions with your rose quartz. Um, bring an abundance of love with your citrine. That's what I'm working with right now. But yeah, definitely reset your energy. So this is a self-care week, not a homework week. I know a lot of y'all are doing distance learning with your kids. So you already have enough stuff to deal with. I don't want to give you more homework on top of that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to pick up next week with our 20th or week after. I'm, I'm still doing this like every other week by week schedule just because stuff is crazy, obviously. But yeah, um, next episode will be Twin Flame. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube, which is Child Mickey. I have the link down in the episode notes. Um, I'm really going through a lot of change right now that I'll kind of expound on uh, whenever. Um, <laughs> it's a podcast. I can talk about it literally anytime. But I'm going through a lot of personal change, and I'm definitely um, – trying to get away from YouTube hundred percent, not YouTube. I love YouTube. I'm trying to get away from Instagram and quit it hundred percent and transfer all of that over to YouTube. So yeah, if you want to subscribe, I'd really, really appreciate it. Check out my videos. It's just like the podcast, just not witchy yet, but <laughs> making new content all the time. But if you like just me, Mickey as a person and chilling with me and hanging out with a friend online, listening to my voice in the background, it's a great place to go. I did a, I did two really long uh, Q and A's slash get ready with me where I forgot to do half my makeup, but I answer a lot of good questions in there. Oh right, yeah. So subscribe to my YouTube. It is child Mickey. Um, the craft is the answer to, uh, the question for bad witch. Uh, if you have any other episode proposals, anything else, uh, ask me anything questions, you can send them to the bad witch podcast at gmail.com, uh, patreon.com slash bad witch. If you want to sign up, we have readings, we have witchy mail, we have shout outs, we have all kinds of gorgeous, glorious things and teespring.com slash bad dash witch dash two is our merch store. And I, Oh, you know what? I saw that they have an option now for masks. Uh, obviously we all need masks now and obviously we should all be wearing them. And that's that on that. Please wear your mask. I want to leave this country at some point. I want to leave my house at some point. Please. Even if you're not worried about getting yourself sick, just do it for the greater good of other people. Please, 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 please. Um, I, I saw that I can make masks now for Bad Witch. So if that's something you're interested in, let me know and I will whip up some designs. I know a lot of people are like in the broom closet, so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't want you to like emblazon witch across your face. <laughs> but just in case, if you are not uh, and you're, happy, you're interested, let me know. I will whip some of those up. Okay, I think that is it. Love you all so much. I feel pretty good now. I hope you all feel good too. Thanks for the therapy session. I hope we are going to walk away from this, making sure that we love ourselves above everything else because you got to love yourself, you know, so you can then pass on that love to others. And I hope that this has been helpful for people that have just come out of really toxic relationships, for people that are currently in them, and this gives you the strength to walk away from them, people that have come out of them 
a while ago but are still working through trauma and issues from them. People that are just starting to get into a relationship and they're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Those sounded like some red flags Mickey talked about. So yeah, I really, I hope this episode was helpful for all of you because I feel better. I'm not as hyped up anymore. I'm hungry. I want some Haribo gummies, but other than that, I'm feeling a lot better than when I started. All right. I love you all so much. You all deserve good. Obviously don't let your, don't let Mickey's depression thought of like, you don't deserve anything good. And that's why you're not good enough to have a match when everyone else does. Don't let that get to you because it's not real. That is evil and darkness talking. That is not real. You deserve good. I deserve good. We all deserve good. We're good people. We're bad witches. <laughs> I right, love you all so much. Blessed be. And until the next episode, which will be next week or the week after, goodbye.